With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. This is Jake Kokorowski here, and uh, we're recording on a Thursday night, and Wisconsin will be playing in just about an hour. You guys won't hear my analysis of that, obviously, because this will be up probably afterwards. But uh, one thing we do want to talk about, and you guys talked about in your survey, that uh, we are our survey that we uh, gave to you guys that you guys want to talk recruiting. And obviously the big news yesterday was the official national signing day for the class of 2018. And we have with us a good friend. You, you heard his words and his quotes uh, in the specialist se- section of our, of walk on this way. Uh, the book that was just released uh, back in October, 2016 that I co-authored with Joel Nellis talking about Paul Standring and you know him from badgerblitz.com and uh, you know, editor, publisher, you know, uh, recruiting you know savant and guru we got john mcnamara john how you doing tonight uh doing great very very kind of you to say those things <laughs> well i mean honestly before we get in recruiting like i really enjoyed us yeah your your talks about paul standring back in uh back in the day you know we talked what maybe a year and a half ago for for the book uh and in your your musings on on paul and his hit the type of bike that he road uh to classes and around campus uh really just fun stuff that i mean we loved and that we added to the book man so we appreciate you lending yourself uh for the book and also for tonight yeah absolutely uh you know we lived just a couple doors down from those guys you know uh standard and and strickland and joe thomas and chris presley i think was in that house too and um you know i yeah i mean paul's paul's a riot um i'm, I'm sure <laughs> i'm sure he still is and whatever he's doing i think he's i don't want to say he's selling insurance because i'm not positive but he's doing something in chicago i talked to him maybe a couple of years ago uh, for whatever he's doing but yeah i mean he's he, he's a riot I, I think he certainly enjoyed himself at, at wisconsin and uh yeah i'm glad those stories got into the book yeah absolutely and, and you know and, and we're talking recruiting uh, we can talk, you know, uh, just with this class of 2018, you know, you saw a lot of it going on in mid-December, mid to late December with that early signing period, 19 scholarship players, seven walk-ons at that time. Wisconsin, though, though, is mostly quiet to end this class. Uh, yesterday, they receive the, not just the verbal commitment, but uh, the official national letter of intent from, you know, South Florida cornerback Richard Wild Goose Jr. And I know people will have fun with his last name, and especially if he develops and, and has some interceptions and wild, hashtag Wild Goose Chase, etc. It's already started uh, for those that cover the team uh, and even on our comments boards. Uh, what was it, how big of a impact does it make for him? To you know, former Georgia commit, former Rutgers commit, make it you know make in this class, and, and where do you see him develop uh, in the future underneath you know Jim Leonard and that Wisconsin defense? 
Yeah, you know, I think it's a big get for Wisconsin late in the process. Um, to add another cornerback to a group that was pretty solid already, um, you know, you have Dante Burton on campus right now, uh, Travion Blaylock and Alex Smith coming in this summer. So um, to add another body to this class at cornerback, I thought was big. Um, obviously going to lose Nick Nelson early in the NFL and then Derek Tindall to graduation. So, um, you know, I, I think Wild Goose is a guy who can play early. Um, you know, obviously played at a really high level of competition uh, at you know, Miami Northwestern. I think, you know, he, he played alongside a guy who signed with Miami, another guy I think signed up Florida. So, um, you know, obviously the level of competition there is really high. The talent level is really high. Um, you know, this is a guy who he was committed to Georgia for a very long time until – um, you know, I think there was just a numbers crunch there where he was kind of on the outside looking in after he took his official visit. So, um, you know, he, he's a three-star kid, but you know, I think he's a guy that can develop into a player early on. If you look at him, he, he looks a little bit like Natrell Jamerson to me. You know, someone who probably comes in and starts at cornerback. That's what it sounded like, you know, with, with the comments that Jim Leonard made after he signed. Uh, but maybe he goes into a safety. I, you know, I think he might be able to contribute right away as a nickel guy. Um, and, you know, cause he's a little bit thicker. I think, you know, if you look at his film, he can come up and tackle, um, come up and play a little bit against the run. So I mean, bring some versatility there. Um, and, and a guy, like I said, I think if you can grasp the playbook, I think he plays right away. And, you know, Johnny, look at the position groups you're talking about. And maybe that goes into my next question for you. Which players, you know, do you feel could make the waves either, but early, I should say, when it comes to, you know, you have a uh, you know wild goose, but you have maybe guys like uh, some concerns, or not maybe concerns, but just questions on depth at certain positions like defensive line or like you said cornerback. Uh, you know who do you see like maybe like a Bryson Williams, the Dante Burton? Uh, are there certain players you feel could make waves early on for this team? You know, as a true freshman in 2018. Yeah, I, I think it starts with Bryson Williams. Um, you know, especially because he's enrolling early, so. If you look there, I, I think I think the natural move might be to bump Garrett Rand over to defensive end because I think he can compete for a starting job there uh, in 2018. So uh, I think that would put a lot for on Bryson Williams to you know that be that backup nose tackle, that backup nose guard behind Olive Sangapolu. But um, you know he, he's he's a big kid, he's a strong kid, and he's a smart kid. And he, if you heard. Um, Saeed Khalif, you know, who does a lot of recruiting stuff for them, he did a Facebook Live thing um, after Wisconsin's uh, signing period in December. And he, you know, he basically said, you know, this is a kid that, you know, we expect to play early, and this is a kid who's going to help us win early. So, um, you know, I, I think, you know, barring an injury or barring something unexpected, that he's going to be a guy who's going to see reps as a true freshman. Um, you know, how many, you know, remains to be seen. But I think he's definitely a guy who's going to play early. Uh, you mentioned Dante Burton, you know, other guy who's on campus right now. Uh, with, the, with the way the cornerback position sits right now, I think he certainly is going to have a chance. And, you know, a lot of those guys who enroll early, uh, spring camp is kind of a blur for them. They're just, you know, trying to get their feet wet with, with going to classes and finding out where everything is. But, you know, they take a big step usually from that summer into the fall. So, you know, Burton, I think, is a guy who's talented enough to play, and the fact that he enrolled early, I think, is going to allow him to play as a true freshman. Um, other guys, though, if you look across the board, there's there's no real givens or, or guys that you're saying, hey, this guy needs to play right right away. And I think it's a credit to the staff for the way they've recruited. Uh, they're they're deep at a lot of positions, so they're not going to rely on any true freshman in this class to have to come in and play right away. I think 
it's a sign that it's the, you know the, the the roster on this program right now is really healthy. We're here with John McNamara from BadgerBlitz.com, and John, you know, you know, John, you look at the, uh, I would say even the position groups. Just now that the class is, you know, this is shut down for the class of 2018. You have what, in your opinion, which position groups did you think they addressed very well, and were there any groups that you felt? Now looking back, like ah, maybe they missed somewhere, or not necessarily even missed, but they did not address a particular position group that maybe you think they should have. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think if you look at what they did really well, it was that that uh, wide receiver group that they're bringing in. Now they list, you know, Isaac Arendo and Aaron Crookshank is is. Um, I think those guys when when they go to their first position meeting, it's going to be with the wide receivers. So. You know, you have those two guys um, who are pretty versatile, uh, guys with you know, big-time speed. So, you know, they could potentially help in the special teams game. Um, I think they're going to, you know, f- try to find ways to get the ball in their hands. But, like I said, I think they begin with the receivers, and then, you know, they'll join A.J. Abbott and Taj Mustafa in this class. So, um, you know, four receivers that Wisconsin likes quite a bit. Um, you know, Gilmore offered Abbott and Mustafa after seeing them at a camp. Uh, Garendo obviously blazed that 40 time at Notre Dame's camp in Wisconsin, uh, offered him pretty quickly after that. And then, um, you know, it would be really interesting to see, you know, what kind of offers Crookshank, uh, would have picked up had he played, you know, outside of New York, which isn't really a, uh, prep football hotbed. You know, he, he did have that Ohio state offer. He did have a Michigan offer and then, you know, Georgia kind of came sniffing around late after he committed to Wisconsin. So I think that, you know, wide receiver is probably the position that they really stocked up on. Uh, and in particular, I think they just wanted to add more speed to the roster, and that's what you know Crookshank and Garendo bring you. Um, you know, as far as a position that they could have done a little better at, uh, you know, I came into this class thinking that you know you maybe needed two nose guards or nose tackles. Um, you only got one in Bryson Williams, but if you look at Jim Leonard's defenses, there's a lot of times where he just played two defensive linemen with their hands on the ground. So. You know, I don't think that's a, as big as, of a need as I thought prior to seeing what Jim Leonard likes to do on defense. So if you're just going to play with two defensive linemen, I think they're fine with what they brought in this 2018 class. And, John, you look at you – know, we, we closed the door on the 2018 class, but you look at the 2019 recruits and already eight verbal commitments, and this is uh, on, you know – I wouldn't say unprecedented, but uh, but it could be. I mean, three four-star recruits according to the Rivals.com, you know, and then just recently publicly announced on Monday, yeah, you had a, uh, Hayden Rucci, who we'll be talking with later tonight uh, on this podcast. You know, uh, you know, how is this class built up so quickly, and, and what have you seen just from the talent perspective for this class that maybe is different? And although it's very early, but uh, how is it different from maybe other classes that you've seen? Um, you know, that's a good question. I don't think the philosophy has changed at all. Um, I, I think they're targeting, you know, the same type of player that they have in, in years past. I think that they're just hitting on bigger targets earlier in the process. Um, you know, you look at a guy like Logan Brown, who, you know, when I went to Wisconsin's camp, you know, I don't. Whenever Logan Brown was, you know, the summer after his freshman season, he camped at Wisconsin, and you know, the Wisconsin coaches worked with him. Joe Rudolph worked with him, uh, and you could tell that he just stood out from a group of about 300 kids. That you know, this kid was, you know, he just the, his size and athletic ability just he just stood out from the rest. And 
you know, when Wisconsin got a chance to work with them, they got really serious with them. And, you know, that kind of solidified him as a Division One recruit. Um, and that kind of kicked off his recruitment. Now, Wisconsin offered really early. They got him on campus, you know, no less than five times. And, you know, they're able to secure his commitment pretty early in the process. And I think that, um, you know, the, they've done that with other guys, too. If you, if you look at, um, you know, Joe Tipman, the guy that, uh, you know, the offensive lineman from Indiana, he's a guy that visited two or three times. Obviously, Leo Chanel was on campus, you know, very often. So, uh, you know, they're, they're recruiting the same type of player. That philosophy hasn't changed, but, you know, they're really – hitting on, you know, guys who are in that top tier for them. A lot of guys who maybe you can, you can make an argument for that they were the top, uh, you know, prospect at, at their given position that they were able to land. So, you know, like you said, Jake, this 2019 class is really, really in its early stages. But this chance has, this class has a chance to be the best class that Wisconsin has ever signed. And, you know, that, that goes back to, you know, I, I started doing this right around when, when Brett Bielma took over. You know, if if they were to hit, you know, keep the guys that they have and hit on a few more targets, this will be the best class they brought in since then. And, and you know, we're here with John McNamara from BadgerBlitz.com, and John, it, it is, you know. I guess the other question too, with that, with this class, do you feel that they can maintain the momentum in this class? You know, especially with like powerhouse programs, you see the power five offers, especially with, you know, the court, the four-star quarterback out of this class and Graham Mertz. Yeah, do you feel like he? I mean, do you, one, do you feel like it's going to be a battle to try to maintain uh, Mertz's commitment? And, and two, like, I mean, with like I said, the other the other players that have these offers, do you feel it's going to be hard to, to hold on uh, to sign them, you know, before either the early signing period in December or, you know, next February even? Um, yeah, it, it's difficult to say, but, you know, obviously you signaling out Mertz, I think, you know, he's the guy that's going to make or break this class. You know, it, even if they – you know, they keep the guys that they have right now and add a few more big guys. If they were to lose Mertz, um, you know, that would be huge because, you know, he's he's evolving into, you know, one of the top quarterbacks in the country um, with the offers that he's coming with, you know, Michigan, Ohio State, LSU, Ole Miss, you know, a handful of other schools have offered. And then, you know, more in the mix too. Uh, you know, it wouldn't be surprising if, if, you know, Alabama came in, Stanford came in, and he just had – you know, by this summer, you know, all the offers that are there are possible out there from all the, you know, the big time programs. So, um, you know, if, if you talk to these guys, you know, you'll have a chance to talk to the hate, but, uh, you know, Mertz is talking with all these guys. And, you know, I talked to Nolan Gruel and he said a big reason why he committed was because of the relationship he had with Mertz. So, um, yeah, I, I think he's rock solid right now, but, you know, like you said, Jake, there's, there's still another, uh, you know, year left if you were to choose to sign in February or, you know, 10 months left if he wants to sign early in December. So, um, you know, Wisconsin is going to have a battle ahead of itself for him. But you know, I think the staff feels pretty good about where they are with him. I think that, you know, versus family feels like they didn't rush into a decision. But uh, it, it's going to be awful tempting for, for him to maybe take a visit if a school really keeps in contact with him. And um, I, I think it's just going to be a question that Wisconsin fans are going to have to deal with you know, up until December, or if he if he wants to wait it up up until February of of next year. But uh, yeah, he's he's awfully impressive, a four star kid. I wouldn't be shocked if he got in that five star conversation. Um, you know, this summer into his senior season, he he's that talented. If you took a look at his junior tape, so um, with, with Wisconsin, if they are able to land him um, with the guys that they have now, it's going to be a special class. 
And just to finish up, John, you know, before we let you go, on a basketball note, not to end necessarily on a somber note, but, you know, with a couple of Wisconsin targets uh, you know, going elsewhere, verbally committing uh, to other schools th- this week itself, uh, where, where do you see Wisconsin looking, you know, Greg Gard and his coaching staff looking uh, for the rest of this class potentially? Yeah, that, that's a that's a great question. Uh, you know, it, they they missed on Xavier Pinson, who they offered. Uh, he committed to Missouri earlier in the week, and then you know, today, which is Thursday, um, Achai Agabji, I hope I'm saying that correctly, uh, committed to Kansas. So, you know, those are the two guys at this point in the recruiting order that they were hoping to land. Um, you know, the only two guys that had offers from Wisconsin were uncommitted, unsigned. Um, so, you know, where they go from here, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, you know, Saturday I, I went down to Illinois and I watched Drew Peterson. Uh, he's a kid uh, that Wisconsin has had on campus. The visit in December, um, Wisconsin has not offered yet. He could be the next logical uh, guy in line for an offer. Um, you know, wouldn't it be surprising if, if Greg Gard just says, hey, look, now I, now I want to look at maybe a, a grad transfer to and that would require you to probably wait until March to see what that market looks like. So uh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's anyone's guess where they go from here. I think Peterson is, is someone that they, that they could offer, um, someone that they've evaluated quite a bit. Uh, but, you know, maybe it's just back to the drawing board. They start from scratch and say, hey, you know, let's, let's just start reevaluating again in the 2018 class. So uh, I, I know, you know, it, with as well as – as the football team has recruited, uh, the basketball program has been a little bit of a different story. And, you know, fans are frustrated. Uh, they're a little bit disappointed. But uh, it'll be really interesting to see what they do to fill these scholarships that they have right now in the 2018 class. John, we always love your your analysis on, on BadgerBlitz.com, you and John Veldheis, uh, and, and just, just the content you give. Anything coming up that's uh, big for you guys uh, in the next couple weeks? Uh, you know, we we wanted to put the finishing touches on the on the 2018 class, and then um, you know we're kind of in that uh, you know the story creation period where we're, we're kind of mapping out things for the rest of the basketball season into spring camp. So uh, nothing huge I can tell you right now, but uh, we'll just keep grinding away and and trying to turn out more news for the 2019 class and and beyond that. Guys, that was John McNamara, BadgerBlitz.com. We're gonna take a quick break. Come back with Hayden. Uh, Rucci here on Bucky's fifth podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to Bucky's fifth podcast, the official podcast of Bucky's fifth quarter. I'm Jay Kokorowski, and you know we talked about the 2018 class uh, and what's ahead with BadgerBlitz.com's John McNamara, uh, you know, a few moments ago. And now we want to talk, and we're having a lot, a lot of fun talking with him. He's the latest verbal commitment for the class of 2019, uh, out of t- you know, out of Pennsylvania, four-star tight end. Uh, we got Hayden Rucci there, and Hayden, thanks for having on the show. And, and and talk to me real quick about your your Twitter handle, real quick. I found this was um, I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. So my 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 Twitter handle. So my last name is Rucci. And uh, you pronounce it, like I said, Rucci. It's like Gucci with an R and without the class. 
<laughs> and uh, I, I love talking people that have sense of humor with with the Twitter handles, uh, especially my last name being Kokorowski. Uh, I say Coco just so it's easier for everybody else. So, uh, and uh, you know, you, you just you know publicly announced your verbal commitment to Wisconsin on Monday. We saw the the Twitter announcement. Saw the video. Uh, first off, who did the video? Um, that was actually a combination of my mom and I did that. What what type of video editing was it like iMovie or or or, or it, I mean it looked it looked really you know intriguing. Yeah, she has like I think it was iMovie and uh, Photoshop we did a little bit with, but I think it was mainly iMovie. I'm pretty sure. I, and you talk about your your parents and you know they're you know from what I've read from you know Land of Ten uh, from a you know friend of the show Jesse Temple uh, among other publications in your area uh, that you know your parents yep. are, are former Big Ten college athletes you know how uh, where did they go it sounds like they it was near neck of the woods uh, in Pennsylvania but also how have they helped guide you yeah so both my parents um, they went to Penn State that's where they met and uh, my dad was a uh, football player and my mom was an all-american field hockey player and he likes to say that she was better even though that he was the he's the one who got drafted to the pass played from 92 to 2000 <laughs> and um so they they know the recruiting drill um even though my dad has told me it was a a little bit different from than when he went through it it's all social media and such but they've definitely helped me throughout this whole process I mean, was there any, in terms of guidance, any type of uh, words of wisdom that they gave you during this whole process of, you know, visiting schools and making the decision, you know, like you did, you know, uh, in the past couple of weeks? Yeah, so um, a big thing that I've picked up from them is don't expect anything and uh, earn everything that uh, that is provided to you. And that's what I've been trying to do this whole time. On all these visits, I'm not expecting anything of these coaches, and I'm just grateful, and I've been really fortunate throughout this whole process. And um, I mean, it's been amazing, and it was getting a little hectic at times, and I'm just uh, glad it is over with and done now. Yeah, we're here with Hayden Rucci, rhymes with Gucci, a four-star tight end who committed to, verbally committed to the Wisconsin Badgers, here on Bucky's fifth podcast, and you you publicly announced on Monday, as we talked about before. But when did you actually tell the Wisconsin coaching staff? How did the conversation go down, and and when did you actually uh, commit to the coaches into into Wisconsin? So last Wednesday would have been um, I had called Coach Turner, and he was with Coach Leonard at the time, and that is when I announced it to them and. They're excited. They uh, and I talked to Coach Sight and a couple other coaches um, after that, and I did that on Wednesday privately because I wanted to give myself enough time from Wednesday to this Monday to call all the coaches that had been recruiting me, had been in contact with me, just to to thank them for recruiting me and everything that they provided with me, just to show them respect and not let them find out over social media. Yeah, may we ask how many coaches you had to call or that you wanted to call? Um, so there's, I had 19 offers, including uh, Wisconsin. So that was at least 18 schools. And then a lot of schools, there was two, sometimes three coaches that I'd been in contact with a lot. So I think the final amount of calls was 
somewhere around between like 30 and 40. I mean, to for a, a young man, a young player, uh, to do that, what was what made you want to? You said that so they wouldn't find out for, through social media. Uh, did you build relationships? Is, is that the, a, a reason just to let that you know, just to let them know through the, those phone conversations uh, of your future plans? Absolutely. I mean, um, I've been in contact from a lot of these coaches since day one, and since they had taken the time to talk to me, reach out to me, um, recruit me, offer me. Um, I just wanted to, I think a phone call was the least I could do to let them know and tell them, uh, man to man. Yeah. You know, look, looking at your film, you, you know, I looked at your huddle highlights. I'm seeing the pancake blocks and the, the, the tenacity as a, as a blocker at tight end. I also seeing the ability to catch balls to receive and to get the yards after the catch. Uh, and how would you describe your playing style uh, currently? Um, I think you really hit it around the head. Uh, in my tight end position, I am a skilled blocker, and the thing I think that separates me from a lot of other tight ends is um, my blocking ability and just going 100% on every play, whether it's uh, in the receiving game, catching the ball, or blocking. Um, and just finishing people into the ground, which is what I love most besides scoring touchdowns. So I think that's a, a big part of my game, which uh, helps me get uh, to the next level. And on that note, kind of transitioning to the college game, where do you see yourself lining up, and where does the Wisconsin coaching staff, and, and you've seen how Troy Fumagalli has been used, Xander Neville, uh, Kyle Penniston, and among others in, in a Paul Chris-type offense. Uh, where where do they see you fitting in uh, in that tight in the you know the position group of tight ends? Um, talking with Coach Turner, and I mean, I, I agree with him. Uh, he sees me as the, the Y position or inline tight end, and guy who blocks and catches, which is what I've been doing in high school and going to bring up to the next level. Yeah, on that note, too, Hayden, how how many times have you actually visited Wisconsin, and and what stood out to you when you when you've traveled here and have experienced not just the athletic department or the facilities here, but the university too? So I've been to Wisconsin twice actually, which is um, not the I haven't there. How do I word that? Um, I've been to school, uh, other schools more times, but I think twice was all I need to see. I was there last summer around July 14th, I think, for just an unofficial. And uh, I think I watched – or no, there's no students on campus, so I didn't get to watch practice or anything. And I was there for the Michigan-Wisconsin game this year. And so we got on Friday. I got to watch practice, which was really cool to see. got to meet um, – Coach Chris and Barry Alvarez and a bunch of the other coaches. And I just got a really good feel of the university uh, on Friday. And then going to Saturday, there was a bunch of other uh, recruits there. And we got to see a Michigan game. We got to watch a great game. And I really got a good feel of the atmosphere on game day, the atmosphere of the university and just their fan base, coaches, and all their players too. And we're here with Hayden Rucci, the – four-star tight end out of Pennsylvania and, and now verbally committed to the Wisconsin Badgers. And, you know, 
have you had a chance to connect with the the other 2019 commits? I mean, you know, Nolan Gruel and Bryson Shaw have just in the past couple of weeks verbally committed as well. Have you had a chance to, to sit down and, or not, you know, talk with them, either have a group chat or get to know guys like Julius Davis and Logan Brown and, and Graham Mertz, you know, you know, and trying to connect with them more? Yeah, so I, on my visit to the Michigan game, I met Julius. So I, I'd been talking with him. And then he, when he committed, I was talking with him. And when I was at that game, after that, when I was coming home, uh, Graham reached out to me. So I'd been talking with Graham since that game. And he was, Graham was the first person I called besides uh, my coaches and stuff after I'd committed Wednesday. And I told him, and he was excited. He threw me in. We actually have a group chat with uh, all the other commits. So we talk almost every day, and we're all building good relationships. And, you know, here with Hayden Rucci, uh, new Wisconsin Badgers commit here on uh, Bucky's fifth podcast. And we're going to try something new with some of the, the recruits that we have on here. I'm going to call it our four down territory. And it's basically some quick hitters for you, some quick qu- questions and uh, not too crazy answers. I promise you on that. Uh, but, you know, first uh, first question, you know, you, you told me you, had, you just got done with the team workout a little while ago. What's your favorite song on the playlist when you're working out? Ooh, that's a tough one. I think um, our current playlist is a little older. I'm going in by Drake featuring Lil Wayne. All right, all right. Now, <laughs> now, what sports do you play in high school besides football? I play lacrosse as well. This was actually my first season not playing basketball. I've been playing all my life before that. And then I was going to say, uh, you know, bonus question. Now, you know, Bryson Shaw was a lacrosse commit too. And, you know, have you guys had a chance to talk about your guys' lacrosse backgrounds? Uh, we haven't had a chance to talk about that, but I've heard there's a couple other guys um, on the current roster who have uh, played lacrosse, have experience in lacrosse or good lacrosse players in high school. So we might have to form up a little club team up there. <laughs> and uh, favorite, you know, your dad played in the NFL, favorite NFL team. Um, it's hard to say right now, but it's absolutely the Patriots, even though with the, the recent loss um, and living in central Pennsylvania, I'm surrounded by a <laughs> lot of green. And I think there's half our schools missing to go to the parade today. So that was a good break and hearing all about it. <laughs> and uh, last question in our four down territory, who is a tight end you like to mold yourself after, either in the pro game, college game? What, which do you have a, a particular player or set of players that you mold yourself after? Um, I think one guy that I really uh, strive to, like you said, mold myself as is Gronk. He's uh, being a patriot and just his level of play. He's like my idol as tight end. Great to hear. And Hayden, before we let you go, uh, my last question: What's what's next for you then? Is it you know concentrating on sport, you know, any other particular sports? Is it more just lifting, you know, or going doing any camps for football? Uh, what's next for the spring? But you know, uh, and heading into your senior season. Um, my spring is going to be lacrosse, lifting, getting bigger in the weight room, um, training more for football, and focusing on my senior season, and also getting back to Madison a couple times between now and when. Um, I get up there and enroll and get on campus. up Bucky's fifth podcast here. I'm Jay Kokorowski and we got we started it last week. 
I am excited again to once to bring this again to podcast form. You see it weekly on Bucky's fifth quarter. Drew Homs, big roast, and Drew, happy Thursday to you, sir. And we have quite a few teams to talk about this week, don't we? We do. Uh, Big Ten basketball is shockingly still going. Uh, I assumed it had stopped after Wisconsin stopped winning, but there have been some exciting games going on. <laughs> and there, has, you know, what, instead of talking about the worst at first, uh, let let's talk about some of the best teams in this conference. And you know, you wanted to talk about Purdue and Ohio State. They just played this week. Ohio State comes out with a win. And let's talk with Ohio State because you know, good for them for you know having the tied for the best conference record. Then all you know in basketball, but then on top of that, you know, having one of the best classes in the nation. Uh, and maybe possibly ever uh, when it can't, comes to football for National Signing Day. Good for the underdogs, right? You know, it's about time something good happened to Ohio State. Uh, <laughs> I've been I've been feeling bad for them for a long time. They just nothing ever seems to break their way. Never, never. Uh, but, I mean, what have you seen out of Ohio State on the basketball court? I mean, was, no, giving them credit, right? This is this team was not supposed to be where it was supposed to be. Now looking only one conference loss, 21 and five overall, they spanked Wisconsin on the big 10 championship day uh, when at the coal center uh, and they've won, you know, nine of their last 10 and, and, you know, they're five and oh, I mean, they're undefeated away, uh, you know, in away games. So, I mean, what have you seen out of this team? That's really, you know, elevated them to this, this status after being so down and out last year. You know, it, it's really disappointing that this is Ohio State doing this. Otherwise, it would be kind of a great story about a team that wasn't supposed to be very good coming together and being really, really, really good. Uh, Bates Diop for them was a, a highly rated recruit who kind of hadn't really lived up to his ranking until this year. And uh, he is just having a monster season this year, putting up double-doubles all the time. And he's overshadowed one of my favorite Big Ten players, Jay Sean Tate, 6'4", power forward for the Buckeyes. He reminds me a lot of uh, a skinny Charles Barkley. Guy gets rebounds despite his height. But, you know, Bates Diop has, has been great, and their win against Purdue on Wednesday was really awesome. They won by one point, and they were basically the, – the Ken Palm, like, chart for that game basically has Ohio State as, like, they have a 10% chance to win the entire game until the last two minutes – when they just stormed back and took it to Purdue at Purdue. Uh, again, I wish it was any, just about any other team in the country besides Ohio State doing this so we could all kind of get on board. But uh, Ohio State should kick rocks forever. And they also have <laughs> Dockage's kid on their team who plays. He scored last night. Oh, that was dumb, too. Uh, you know, looking at the other side with Purdue, right? And, and Purdue, you know, again, 12-1. and one. And 23 and three overall, those two, along with Michigan State, being the best in this, you know, in this conference right now. You still gotta give Purdue credit, even though the loss. Uh, this team should still be uh, one, you know, seated highly in, in the, you know, in the tournament coming up, which is already. I mean, think about it. You know, we're six weeks away from March Madness, right? It's kind of crazy. You know, not even that, like five and a half weeks. It's uh, no, five weeks. I'm sorry. It is five, like five weeks away, essentially, from from when March Madness begins. So, I mean, how are you know? It, this are you still confident with what Purdue can do, you know, on the court heading the next five weeks and beyond? I mean, P- Purdue is still the best team in the conference. I think uh, they're allowed to lose once every millennia. Like they had won a million games in a row before this Ohio State game. It, I think this is just kind of a, a blip on the radar. They do have a big game this weekend at Michigan State. 
that is uh, going to be a barn burner, presumably. But then they, they end their season with uh, – they can probably rest all their starters. They play Wisconsin and Illinois and Minnesota in there, and that's just you know the dregs of the country. So I, I think Purdue is still a Final Four contender and should still be a one or two seed come March. I wouldn't read too much into this if I were them. We're here with Drew Hom from Bucky's Fifth Quarter, the big roast in podcast form here on Bucky's Fifth Podcast. And let's let's talk Wisconsin, right? Tonight we're recording on a Thursday afternoon. You are looking at uh, right now just the simple fact that you know Illinois, they are traveling to Champaign. They are already in Champaign if you watch if you go on the Twitter. And then you know, taking on an Illinois squad that's two and nine right now. Uh, they they are three and seven in their last ten games, uh, but uh, and they're also eleven and three at home. However, you know this is a, can you know Wisconsin had a little bit of a layoff. They played Maryland tough, you know uh, at the Terps home, home court there in Maryland uh, this weekend and almost had a chance to come away with a win. What reminiscent of what you've seen maybe before this rough stretch where they were competitive, especially against those top twenty five teams in November and into December. But what are you? You know, what do you see out of Wisconsin now? I mean, maybe let me rephrase it. Let's talk. Let's talk positives real quick on them. Nate, you know, Nate Reavers, I'm really impressed with just how he's picked up, even though he, he doesn't have the physical frame yet of what you see out of a Wisconsin big man. You know, Brad Davidson's playing with one arm and still putting up dip, double digits, even despite the struggles that he's had. Uh, and, you know, and Ethan Happ is Ethan Happ. Uh, and, and you think, hope, hopefully, he has a chance to really break out, uh, you know, next year with, with some more, with a cast that's healthy uh, and one more year of experience, you know, in front of them. Uh, I have a couple of advanced stats I'd like to lay on you real quick about the Badgers. So the Badgers have lost five games in a row. If you go back to the Iowa game, which is the start of their five-game losing streak, they lost to the Hawkeyes by 18. The next game, they lost to Michigan State by 15. Game after that, lost to Nebraska by 11. Game after that, lost to Northwestern by 8. Game after that, lost to Maryland by 5. So what I'm seeing here is a clear upward trend of losing if that makes any sense to you where we are going to lose to illinois embarrassingly by three but then on sunday against michigan we're going to tie and that'll be the first tie in big 10 history and then the following (laughs) week on thursday we play purdue and we're going to win so you can mark that down on your calendars thursday february 15th wisconsin beats purdue maybe by one maybe by two i haven't quite gotten the the rounding right Also, my second advanced stat, looking at the Badgers, if you uh, head east and look at St. John's season, this past week they've beaten Villanova and Duke after losing 11 straight games. Those are the two best wins in the country, and that team probably won't make the tournament. So I feel like Wisconsin is due here with uh, a win over Purdue coming up as one of the best wins of the season for any team and uh, for a team that just won't even make any tournament, certainly won't make the real tournament. But, uh, yeah, those are my advanced stats. Uh, you can subscribe to my Ken Palm-like website. It's uh, $39.99 a month, and uh, no discounts will be given to friends or family. <laughs> uh, and uh, you know, wrapping, up the, wrapping up this week's big roast, uh, you know, Minnesota, uh, you look at that 3-10 and 10, uh, right behind. You know, it's Minnesota and Iowa right below Wisconsin in the conference standings and, and you know you look at maybe some Schadenfreude uh, you're 
Wisconsin's two and eight in its last ten. Minnesota's one and nine. Wisconsin's lost five in a row. Minnesota's lost six in a row. What's going on with the Gophers, my man? You know, I wish I had any information for you on them, but even living here, I have heard exactly zero people talk about Minnesota basketball. I work at a bar, for Christ's sake, and not a single person <laughs> is talking about the local basketball team. It, it, it boggles my mind how little anyone cares. I, I would imagine even if they were good, I would have heard nothing. We, I've talked more about famous people who were at my restaurant, supposedly, than I have about Minnesota basketball. People kept saying Beyonce was there. I've never met Beyonce in my life. She was certainly not at my restaurant, but it's more likely that she was there than a single person would mention a single player on the Minnesota <laughs> basketball team. Now, you, now tell, tell the fans, too, you talked about it last week. Justin Timberlake, did he make it into your restaurant? Did you see Justin Timberlake, and did you call him Britney Spears' ex-girlfriend or ex-boyfriend? Unfortunately, I was not there when he did come in. He came into our bakery, which is open at 7 a.m. every morning, and as far as I'm concerned, that time doesn't exist. Uh, so he did stop in for pastries and a coffee, but nobody really noticed because if Justin Timberlake walked into your place of business wearing a hat, he just kind of looks like a dude. You're not really sure. He's like, oh, that's just kind of a handsome man there. You don't even know if it's somebody famous or not. So uh, nobody really freaked out, and he got his coffee and pastry and left, but I unfortunately did not get to interact with him. However, the one person I did get to interact with was Eli Manning. I uh, made him a margarita which is his favorite drink, apparently. And he was super nice and polite, and that really pissed me off because now <laughs> I kind of like Eli Manning, and that makes me feel dirty. And for those that don't know, Drew Hom comes from Philadelphia, the Philadelphia area and is a huge Eagles fan. Are you still on your high? Why aren't you in Philadelphia right now? Why are you talking to me? Yeah, you know, I have to work tonight, and I'm really upset because on Twitter I saw Bo Allen was talking with Rob McElhaney, the creator of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and they're going to shotgun beers together today. And there would be nothing more I'd want to see than friend of the blog, Bo Allen, shotgunning Coors Lights with Mac from It's Always Sunny. That would be, yeah. And what do you, what goes through your head, by the way, with Corey Clements' touchdown catch uh, oh, last Sunday? I, my question, and this is kind of a weird way to think about it, was why the hell didn't he do any of that at Wisconsin? He never caught the ball out of the backfield <laughs> in college. And all of a sudden, he's catching, like, dimes dropped by Nick Foles in the back of the end zone and dragging, like, nine toes to get in the end zone. It was amazing. He was our leading receiver. I mean, that was uh, good for Corey Clement. I'm very happy for him. Undrafted guy. And he starred in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, you know, congratulations again to Corey, to Bo Allen, uh, who we had a chance to talk with uh, for Bucky's Fifth Quarter, you know, a couple weeks ago. Uh, and we ran a story last week on him and, you know, obviously his Super Bowl in his hometown, uh, near his hometown of Minnetonka. And then Chris Maragos, friend of the podcast, friend of the show, uh, who, you know, captured another ring, you know, a two-time Super Bowl champion despite being on injured reserve, uh, has made a huge impact there. Uh, and also congratulations to James White just because of what he's done. You know, he had that touchdown run. And uh, you know, uh, earlier than that's in that first half, uh, which uh, brought, you know brought New England uh, closer to cut that lead. And he, uh, you know, you've seen what he's done too. He's a touchdown machine, and you know, it, it's impressive to see. And maybe this is, I mean, you're seeing Wisconsin Badgers players make this impact like they have. It, it, it is simply impressive, in my opinion, just having, uh, you know, and it's a great recruiting tool. I mean, how much could you bet Paul Christ at that time? You know, just watching TV and seeing his two former running backs 
you know, one from his first time as offensive coordinator and James White, and then you're seeing Corey Clement then making big plays, and you know, in a role that he really didn't even play in in a third down back. He was a first and second down back at Wisconsin. You know, it. it I mean, he had to have been happy. The you know, the program just got a huge boost from the, from those two at the very least. Yeah, that that uh, you have to have the biggest. If you're Paul Christ after seeing your running back score touchdowns in literally the biggest football game in the world, that uh that can only help convince 17-year-old dudes to come run behind our massive offensive line and then score touchdowns in the Super Bowl. It uh, it always happens. <laughs> uh, on that note, Drew, uh, what do you think we can expect next week from the Big Roast? Uh, we can uh, expect to still not have any sponsors for the Big Roast. I would like to thank our not-sponsors, Rotel and Barbasol. They uh, do not <laughs> sponsor this portion of the podcast, but uh, they're very Big Ten and I'd like to thank them for supporting running the dang ball. <laughs> uh, folks, that's Drew Hom for the Big Roast. We're going to wrap things up in just a second here on Bucky's Fifth Podcast. We are wrapping up the show now. Jacob Kurowski again, Bucky's Fifth Podcast. Another great episode. Big thanks again to John McNamara from BadgerBlitz.com. He had Hayden Rucci the 2009 four-star tight end out of Pennsylvania, and, of course, Drew Hom for the big roast. Tuning in next week, we'll obviously have more talk, some basketball, more recruiting in all likelihood, and also maybe start breaking down some, some football, along with some Badgers in the Olympics, because who doesn't want to see the Wisconsin Badgers represent in the Olympics, not just for the United States, but around the world. We'll make sure we break that down for you guys to tune in again. And like I said, follow us uh, on Twitter at B5Q uh, at Jcoco B5Q uh, for my personal Twitter handler, but also, uh, you know, subscribe to iTunes. Uh, give us a review. Tell us what we're doing well. Tell us what we need to do better. We're all for good feedback uh, and constructive criticism there. Follow us, uh, or sub- should say not follow, subscribe to us on Google Play. Uh, and then you guys can also find us on TuneIn. So if you use the TuneIn app, just look at Bucky's Fifth Podcast. We're right there. So I'll leave it at that. Have a great weekend ahead. Enjoy. Uh, the guys are in the snow here in the Midwest. Please be safe driving. And we'll catch you next week on Bucky's Fifth Podcast. Yeah.